get a towel and some fire on John Ivory because the man JP, he got these beats colder than a Marion's icebox. And we are rocking and rolling here on a Wednesday hump day. Hottest show on the streets, best form of Alabama football news, notes, and information with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Here in Tuscaloosa, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, show bigger than me, more than me. As I mentioned, I got the man, John Ivory, making sure we are looking good, rocking and rolling every time that we do this. And we encourage you to interact with us, to smash that like button, give a thumbs up on the show, and hit the subscribe button on YouTube. That lets us know here at TDA to continue Giving you the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. It's because of you that we are over 8,000 subscribers strong on the YouTube channel. So definitely want to continue to encourage you to help us grow the network channel and the brand. We got a jam-packed edition of topics to get to to start this off. We'll dive into a conversation that Nick Saban had with one Maria Taylor of ESPN on IG Live where he talked about how though the coronavirus pandemic eliminated the Crimson Tide from having a spring practice, if it's able to have some practices in the summer, some preseason work done in the summer, if Alabama can get that, we'll go into what would be the biggest positives from that and who would be four players that I see that can greatly benefit from that. From there, we sit down with my man Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, as he joins the show to talk about the NFL draft, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Jalen Hurts, and also who does he see as the receivers to step up and the defensive backs to step up for the Crimson Tide and the upcoming season. And then last but not least, ESPN having a little fun here. They threw out a graphic of uh, the top 10 programs that have the title wide receiver U. Where do they have Alabama ranked at? We'll touch on that, and I will give my thoughts and rebuttal on that. Along with your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns on this edition of shows. But first topic of conversation right here. Nick Saban spoke with ESPN's Maria Taylor on Instagram Live and uh, about a week ago and talked about how the Crimson Tide has been adjusting, the coaching staff has been adjusting, the players have been adjusting. He himself has been adjusting to the global crisis in today's world, the COVID-19 pandemic. And though we would all would have loved to have had a spring practice on today, we will be inching about two to three days closer to the A-Day game, which the A-Day game would have been this week if you would have had a spring practice. But even though that did not happen for Alabama, one of the things Coach Saban talked about was in the event that the NCAA would allow teams in college football, programs in college football to have, kind of like what the NFL has in terms of OTAs, just teachable like practices with the players in shorts and shirts and helmets, showing technique, teaching fundamentals, what to do, how to do it, the importance of why we have to execute it in that manner. Coach Saban mentioned if we could have that, if Alabama and the rest of college football can have that, then it would really be beneficial to you know catching up these freshmen, catching up these young guys, these young players. Now, quite naturally, the NCAA – restricts the, you know, it restricts the on-field coaches, the coaching staff from really interacting, involving with players in the summer. The only coaches that are able to 
be around the players, you know, all season or throughout the seasons would be the strength and conditioning guys. But if Alabama was able to have these 14 uh, OTA training-like practices, there are three big positives that come from these things, three big positives to me. And uh, that would be the mental reps, the communication, and the engagement. Mental reps, communication, and engagement. And uh, if Alabama was able to have this right, it would really help the freshmen, particularly on defense, because for guys that come from a small school, a 1A, a 2A, a 3A school, I was one of them, played uh, three years of high school ball at a 2A school, and for much of the small you know, class high school athletes, we're not, we, we were never necessarily taught how to appropriately tackle. I mean, when I played high school ball, the coaches would say, Shawty, hit some and hold on for dear life. Just hit some. Hit some and hold on. Hold on, baby. Hold on to the help. Get there. Not the appropriate way to tackle, but we didn't know any better. We, we didn't know any better. So that's how a lot of these small school guys in high school are taught. And um, when you get to the uh, college game, especially a major Division One college program like Alabama, Nick Saban's going to be teaching you how to angle tackle, how to form tackle, how to prep, how to properly wrap up, where should your helmet be as you're going in to make the appropriate hit, the appropriate takedown, the appropriate stop on an opposing player in question. So having those 14 practices as you're out there, these freshmen will get those mental reps and, okay, I see I got to attack from this angle. I got to bring my arms and wrap up at this point. Or I got to attack here at the mesh point. So they would get those mental reps. They would get those sort of, of teachable moments where they can process that information that they did not get a chance to have in the spring. Number two, it would be that communication. Alabama would have a opportunity to not go through the situations it's been through in the last two seasons, which has been the lack of communication, uh, especially on defense. If you're able to have the 14 uh, preseason camp practices in the summer, you can already start to get that continuity, get that one-on-one -on -one communication to where coaching staff knows what it's doing, coming from Nick Saban, and when the players know what they're doing, coming from the coaching staff, and they can disperse the information amongst themselves. So the mental reps would be there, the communication would be there, and number three, the engagement. Nick Saban is all about engaging with the players. He wants to interact with these guys. And I know it's difficult for him right now due to you have Zoom, you have FaceTime, you have all these virtual apps, but there's nothing like that one-on-one -on -one communication. There's nothing like that one-on-one -on -one interpersonal dialogue, interpersonal talk. It's just like you can be on the phone you know, with your wife or with your significant other or with your children or with people that you know in passing, people that you love, but it's nothing like speaking to them, engaging them, talking to them in person. So that, that engagement would be there. Save would be on the field. He can be able to interact with his players, interact with his coaches, interact with the team, and show these guys the tricks and the tools to the trade. So the biggest positives for me, if Alabama's able to have this 14 uh, practice type or 14 teachable like practices in the summer, you would get the mental reps, you would get the one-on-one -on -one communication, and you would get the engagement, everybody being involved. Now, 
Offensive players and defensive players alike would be able to benefit from this. But if I had to go with four players that I feel like could really you know, take from this method, take from this situation, should it happen, and all four of these guys coming on the defensive side of the football, all four of these guys freshmen, I would say Drew Sanders at outside linebacker, Tim Smith on the defensive line, Will Anderson at outside linebacker, and Brian Branch as a defensive back who will primarily play safety for the Crimson Top. Starting things off here with Drew Sanders at 6'5", 230 pounds out of Texas. The reason why he would benefit is Alabama does not have a lot of big, big experience at that strong side outside linebacker position. I mean, Chris, Chris Allen comes back. He's played in 16 career games, so he's got experience playing in you know 16 career games. But when you look at Drew Sanders, here's somebody that's got a little more athleticism, a little more power, a little more playmaking ability, a little bit more playmaking ability on the edge, on the outside. And here's somebody that was not only a that was not only a linebacker in high school, he was a quarterback, tight end. They flexed him out wide, had him play at receiver some. This was one of those utility, do-it-all type players. And Nick Saban has really done a fantastic job in these last couple of or few signing classes in getting a lot of these do-it-all type of athlete. So I feel like Drew Sanders would benefit a whole lot from the 14 practices in the summer. Behind him, Tim Smith at 6'4", 320 pounds out of Sebastian River High School in Florida. He would benefit because aside from DJ Dale, Alabama does not have really an experience just solely nose tackle, just so, so nose tackle, right? Fidarian Mathis is, is, is an experienced defensive lineman. He is experienced. 27 career games that he's been in. But Fidarian at 6'4", 312 pounds, is kind of a tweener. He can play at defensive tackle, but he can also play at defensive end. So if we're just speaking pure tackle, all you're playing defensive tackle, all that will be required of you, nose guard, defensive tackle in the middle of that front, aside from DJ Dale, not a lot of experience there. Ishmael Sopser has potential. Uh, Jamarian Latham has potential. Uh, guys like uh, Jamil Burroughs has potential. Even got, Tim Smith has a lot of potential. So aside from DJ Dale, not a lot of just big, big play experience. So when you at defensive tackle. So when you look at Tim Smith, here is somebody that is highly, highly explosive. Can eat up double teams, but can knife his way through double teams, attack the quarterback, attack the running back, create turnovers, force fumbles. He can be that guy that can provide some of what Quentin Williams did in 2018. Uh, we saw what Quentin Williams did that season, 19 and a half tackles for loss, uh, 71 tackles. He had 12 quarterback hurries, eight sacks, just an absolute wrecking ball, big year for Big Quinnen Williams. So when I look at T.M. Smith, due to the fact that D.J. Dale's got experience, but aside from him at that nose guard position, not much in terms of experience. Potential, yes. Potential, yes. Ability and capability, yes. But T.M. Smith would be a guy that could greatly benefit from 
those 14 uh, teachable-like practices. Third guy would be Will Anderson, an outside linebacker out of Hampton, Georgia. And uh, same thing, just like Drew Sanders, not much, you know, experience, game experience at that Jack kind of rush outside linebacker position. When you look at King Wakuda, yes, he played in 10 games a season ago, got his feet wet, had four tackles. You have uh, you have Jerez Parks, who, came, who played in five games a season ago, had no stats to his name, unfortunately. You have Kevin Harris II, who redshirted last season. And then you have Ben Davis. Ben Davis, of whom uh, the talent's been there, it's always been there, but the mental process, being able to put things together mentally and just focus in, will this be his year to completely lock in, lock focus? That's the big question right now. But Ben Davis has played in 13 games for his career. Got his first sack of his tenure last season against Mississippi State. When I look at Will Anderson, he can, if, if Alabama was to have the summer practices, he could be able to absorb the information quickly, catch on fast, uh, learn uh, at high speed, coming off the edge, setting the edge, affecting the quarterback, understanding what Sal Sanceri, what Freddie Roach, because you kind of got to know at the same time that Will Anderson will also walk down and play some of that defensive end spot, also walk down as, as an end there in the box, and then also you know, do what Nick Saban's going to require of him as you know, doing the right play, doing the right thing time and time again. So Will Anderson would be the third guy. My fourth guy, give me Brian Branch, the defensive back out of Tyrone, Georgia, Sandy Creek High School. This is somebody of whom led Sandy Creek, was their interception leader. He was their career leader in interceptions and a guy that is a highlight safety. Some guys are box safety. Some guys are coverage safeties. Some guys can do a little bit of everything, be everywhere, and be highlight safeties, and that's what... That is what Brian Branch is. He just jumps off the page. His tape jumps off the page. When you watch him on film playing at Sandy Creek, his ability to jump the route, his ability to create turnovers, his athleticism, he can tackle, he can be physical, but he is an absolute ball magnet. And uh, on his Twitter account a few weeks ago, a couple of days ago, he quote tweeted, a video from Minka Fitzpatrick, and he put idol above it. So he idolizes Minka Fitzpatrick. And for you Bama fans out there, there have been a lot of great defensive backs that have played for the Crimson Tide, especially in the Nick Saban era. But the two most favorite ones that you guys would have would be uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, number one, and a close two would be Eddie Jackson. So when watching one uh, Brian Branch, he does jump off the film. He does jump off the tape. And when you look at the second, after Daniel Wright and after Patrick Sertan, other guys have had experience, but here's a situation for Brian Branch to really kind of knife his way in there and create some headway for himself. So those will be the four guys that I would have. We're going to go to our first break here on In My Own Words, the podcast. Don't touch that dial. Just getting started on a Wednesday. Upon our return, we dive into your phone calls, tweets, text messages, thoughts, questions, and concerns after this. Every sports 
fan deserves the proper representation. Wit Will Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WitWillSports.com and get your title towel today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. We are back into the action here on the hottest show on the streets in my own words, the podcast. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And folks, this is your time, 205-448-1358 to let your voice be heard on the show, 205 205- 448-1358. You can text with that number. You can leave a voicemail with that number. If Twitter is your thing, you can tweet the show directly at In My Own Words TDA. That's at In My Own Words TDA. You can also tweet me directly at Coaching M. Smith on Twitter. But the number again, 205-448-1358. And before we get to Waylon in the call-in queue, before we get to him, going to check out here. Some of these comments. Frederick Turner starting us off. Appreciate Frederick. Road Tide. What's up, Tide Night? What's up, Tide Nation? Hit the like button. Do what Frederick Turner just said. Hit that like button. Check us out. Blow us up here on the chat line. Jasper Figer, Jasper Figgins, excuse me, replying to Frederick Turner saying Road Tide. Kelsey Shepard writes in with Road Tide, TDA Magazine. Willie351 giving, giving us a bunch of 100 emojis there. Appreciate that. We go to Derman Sprague Sr., who says, Road Tide, TDA is the hottest thing popping in Richmond, Virginia. I appreciate that, Derman Sprague. And speaking of Virginia, I was born in Virginia, so got that Virginia swag here on the show. Kelsey Shepard writes back in, Stephen Mel Kuyper got Herbert going ahead of Tua with a bunch of upset emojis. Kelsey, I know. Miami Dolphins really like uh, Justin Herbert, but the LA Chargers, if Tua was to go to LA, he'll be back closer to Hawaii, back closer to the hometown. So it may all work out in the long run. But we now take Wayland's call, who is in the queue. My man, you are humping and bumping, rocking and rolling on a, on a Wednesday. What's going on? Stephen, how's everybody doing down at TDA on this Wednesday? Doing good, man. Doing good. Moving one step at a time, man. That, that, that's, a, that's what they say. You can take it one step at a time. One step at a time. You got that right. Yeah, I noticed you've been talking a lot about these young cats missing this uh, spring practice and all this coaching up, you know, that they need to get coming out of these 1A, 2A, and even 3A schools. You know, it's going to be it's going to be tough when the uh, program is back able to go at it, hoping here, baby, by May or June. I hope uh, these young guys are really going to have to uh, really suck in a lot of knowledge off of quick, Stephen. They're going to have to. Now, the good news is is what's being reported or what's being thrown out there is what, what the expectation is, I should say, 
is people are expecting for the coronavirus to die down when you look at the months of June and July. So hopefully that is the case so we can get back to football. And this was kind of what Nick Saban was alluding to in talking with Maria Taylor of ESPN because we didn't get the spring, because our guys didn't get those 15 practices to learn, to absorb the information, to have that contact and to play football Can we at least have a situation where we can work with our guys in the summer and kind of catch them up to speed? So hopefully, you know, Nick Saban has been pitching this idea around. Hopefully somebody catches on to it. And, you know, that could happen because that would be really marquee for a lot of these freshmen that do have a lot of talent. Yeah, you're exactly right. And Alabama coming at number nine on ESPN's little poll, that really – that really got me wound up. But I know Mr. Ryan Leaf uh, got you wound up last week there. So I know there's a lot of people in the queue, and it's a, it's a big show tonight. So we're going to end it with our little our little poem. We've done a little Ryan Leaf poem for you there. Maybe this one will be as good as the last little writer we got a hold of. So here we go, TDA. Roses are red, violets are blues. Ryan Leaf tried his best to bring the fake news. So Ryan Leaf, the best thing you can do with your opinion, and to put it in the trash and get off the news because Stephen M. and TDA will drop the reel to a news. All right, Stephen, I'm going to get out of here. I hope everybody does well. Have, the show's looking good. We'll see you all again Friday night if the good Lord's willing. Appreciate the call, Wagner, anytime, man. You be good. All right. Bye-bye. We got another caller in the queue lighting this up here on a Wednesday. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? What's going on, Stephen? How you doing? Man, I cannot complain, man. As I told Waylon, man, we're we taking this thing one step at a time. Oh, yeah. You definitely got to do that, man. If, you know, this too will pass. Um, Steven, I had a question about the, the NFL draft. Um, where do you see um, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs landing this year? Um, one place that I don't see a lot of that I think will make a lot of sense would be the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, having another big time, you know, wide receiver out there. I think it'd be a great place for either one of them. But just want your opinion on it and um, you know, where you kinda of see those guys landing. At first I had Judy going to Arizona until the Cardinals went out and free agency and brought over DeAndre Hopkins from the Texans. So now I basically have the Cardinals getting Jedrick Wills, former Alabama offensive tackle, at the uh, eighth overall pick. Now, I see Judy going to the Denver Broncos at 15. I've been saying that for a minute now with the uh, with the Broncos believing they've got the quarterback in Drew Locke. You have Melvin Gordon and uh, the likes of uh, you have Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay, excuse me there. So Gordon and Lindsay, you have Noah Fant to tie it in, Cortland Sutton at wide receiver. So they would get Judy with the 15th overall pick to add to that. Henry Ruggs is tough because he could be the first receiver off the board. The, the Las Vegas Raiders could get him at pick 12. The Davis family, God rest Al Davis, but the Davis family loves speed. But at the same time, uh, I look at the Eagles at pick 21. They need a quick twitch guy. I look at the Saints at pick 24. Michael Thomas would love to have Henry Ruggs with him and Drew Brees. I look at the Packers at pick 30, and uh, Aaron Rodgers and and Devontae Adams could use another big-time weapon. So it's tough when you look at Ruggs, 
my my heart, my gut from looking at stuff tells me pick 24 to the Saints, but I would not be surprised if he lands at pick 12 to the uh to the Las Vegas Raiders, but good question there and talking about the wide receivers. I appreciate the call there. We're going to continue. We appreciate the call there, man. Keep listening to us. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough, man, you know, thinking about that because all of those guys are just really, really good players. So we continue with going into the chat line, picking up your thoughts, questions, and concerns. Cedric Peterson writes in, Will we even have football this season? Cedric, I'm right there with you, man. Cedric Peterson, I'm right there with you. We're all hopeful, man. We're all hopeful. We're all prayerful. Uh, When I heard some things from uh, different media outlets of of guys talking to different athletic directors, these different ADs in college football, they're hopeful. They have all fingers crossed, all faith up that a football season will happen. Hopefully this thing dies down in the months of June and July so we can get back to football. It is a serious thing. COVID-19 is no joke, but at the same time, uh, hopeful that we can have this football season. At Jew Holt writes in, What's up with Trey Sanders? Is he good to go? Trey Sanders is fine. He's back healthy. Uh, going to the latter portion of last season, I saw him myself take part in you know, practices. Now, he was doing some individual work, working some ladder drills, doing footwork, agility, you know, making sure he's cutting the right way, regaining that burst that he had you know, prior to going into August camp. So, uh uh, Trey Sanders is fine. He's good. He will be ready to go for the upcoming season. My thing will be is will he be running back 1B to pair with Najee Harris? That would be the big question because the main guy will be Najee Harris. Will they have Trey Sanders with him as 1A, 1B? Where does Brian Robinson play in here? We got to see a lot of Keelan Robinson because that young man certainly has the juice. And then you got the three freshmen behind those four backs. So Nick Saban, seven backs on the roster. Trey Sanders will steal some carries. Believe that. Trey Sanders will find different ways to make himself stand out. But it'll be awesome just to look at how... Nick Saban and uh, Charles Huff will divvy out these carries between the backs. Waylon Waylon writes in and says, Ruggs will go high. I see Henry Ruggs potentially, my gut says, the New Orleans Saints, but it would not surprise me at pick 12 because Mike Mayock, the GM for the Oakland Raiders, spent quite a deal of time at the University of Alabama. He He spent quite a deal of time scouting out Crimson Tide athletes, talking to Nick Saban about these athletes. So if Ruggs was to go higher than 24, I would say 12 to the Las Vegas Raiders just based off of this team loves speed. The team loves speed, the organization loves speed, the front office loves speed, and Mike Mayock was around the facility quite a bit in the 20. 19 season but you guys continue to hit us up here in the chat line 205-448-1358 the number to call to let your voice be heard on the show but we're gonna go to another break here on in my own words the podcast upon our return we sit down with my main man matt cadell former alabama wide receiver you don't want to miss it we'll be back after this
delicious homestyle cooking, sushi, and hibachi. Check out Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. At home and you can't get away from the TV because the Crimson Tide is about to score? Don't worry. Delivery is also available through Waiter and Crimson To Go. That's Otoro Hibachi in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And make sure you let them know the good folks at Touchdown Alabama sent you. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. As we're back inside the action here on a Wednesday on In My Own Words, the podcast, hottest show on the street, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Uh, Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers became the highest paid running back in the league, signed that contract, which means it will only be a matter of time before Derrick Henry gets his deal. Only just a matter of time. But we go to the call line right now where we pick up my man, Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver who played from 2003 to 07. He ha- we had him on once before, and he was so good. He was so darn good that we had to bring him back to get his analysis on the NFL, the draft, get his analysis on Alabama football. Matt Cadell, welcome back in, brother. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Glad to be back on the show. Absolutely, man. Fant- absolutely glad to, uh, to have you back in here now. Matt the NFL draft at wide receiver, this is a big, huge class, deep class at wide receiver. Now, two of the best in this class that a lot of people would talk about in high esteem would be Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs III, both of the University of Alabama. Now, you played receiver under Mike Shula and Nick Saban. Is there anything that Ruggs and Judy did that remind you of your own game? Um, yeah, they're just really great receivers, uh, great route runners, but I feel like we really separated them. Uh, I just think Jared Judy is such an elite route runner, a savvy route runner. Um, he had, I think he's the best route runner in this draft. So I think he'd probably be one of the top receivers off the board, um, with him, uh, lamb, as well as rugs. I think they're the upper tier at wide receivers. Uh, Judy just has elite uh, bursts off the line, knows how to beat press coverage, has great body control. Um, he's just a really savvy route runner. Um, and as we saw, uh, I think, uh, his second sophomore year, he was just so um, elusive after the catch. You know, he made some people, you know, broke a few ankles out there. Um, and he, just, he broke more than a uh, few, man. He broke mine <laughs> if I was out there. Than a few. <laughs> yeah. So he's just a very, I think he's out of all the receivers, I think he's probably going to have the most early um, productivity because he's such a great route runner. I think that's going to transcend into the next level. Um, you look at teams looking for receivers. Um, obviously, the Jets at 11, but I think the Jets probably go offensive line. And so I think it really gets interesting um, for teams that 12 with the Oakland Raiders. 
13 with the 49ers. Um, you know, the 49ers, they're probably looking at rugs. You know, Kyle Shanahan was able to see, you know, the Super Bowl kind of slip out of his way just by watching, you know, Tyreek Hill just uh, uh, with all his speed, just make that one play to kind of uh, really get the Chiefs back in the game. And I just think Ruggs kind of brings that um, capability. He's the most explosive, probably the most complete receiver out of the top three. Uh, he's very strong, very physical. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a little bit of Tyree Hill, but more of like uh, Debo Samuel as well, where, you know, he can do anything. He can do bubble screens, jet sweeps, reverses. Uh, he has great hands. He's just very versatile. And one thing I love about Ruggs that was similar to my game, he plays special teams. And so he not only can he return, but, you know, he can cover kicks and he gives you that value. So he's very tough, a physical type receiver that can make plays at any time. So, um, it's going to be interesting. So I think, I mean, you have a couple teams. You have Denver at 15. That maybe want to trade up, maybe for Judy or Ruggs. Uh, you know, the Eagles fans—they're just looking for a receiver. So I mean, uh, they... Deshaun. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is getting older. You need a quick twitch guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I have uh, family members that are Eagles fans, and so they are—they're uh, always asking. You know, we're talking about the draft, and I'm like, hey, Ruggs might be there, but he might not be there at 21, so you're probably going to have to trade up <laughs> to get one of those top-tier uh, receivers. So um, it's going to be interesting, uh, but I think Judy and Ruggs just really are uh, in the cream of the crop when it comes to this receiving core draft. So when you look at Alabama this upcoming season here, Matt, especially if we are able to have this 2020 football season, aside from Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, who's that third guy? Who's the third receiver that has to break out? Um, I just think it's going to be a couple of guys. Um, it's going to be really dependent on who's going to be, you know, consistent, who's really going to take that next step and develop in that game. Uh, I don't think they're going to have to – you know, try to be somebody else, but be themselves. And just as long as they develop their own game and just show that consistency. I mean, you have a couple of guys you have, you know, Jonathan Mitchie, he showed spurts last year, but I think he, one thing he needs to do is to continue to develop, to be more consistent, to really fit in the Sark system. Uh, Shavers, he's more of a bigger body receiver. So I think he's what, 6'3", 6'4". Um, he showed six, a few six, plays. 6'6", my man. Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. Oh, man, thank you. Yeah. Six six, so you know he gives you different types of receivers, um, and then you know we have those freshman guys coming in. We signed some pretty good receivers, uh, Javon Baker. I feel like he has uh, he's going to be one of those guys, kind of next man up, who's has that big play ability. Um, he can play inside outside. Uh, I feel like he really separated himself like, last year at the, like a five star challenge where he was really the most probably the best receiver out there going against top five-star talent. Um, you have Thai Jones-Bell, another South Florida product. So I think we keep that going, you know, all those South product, South Miami product receivers going back to Ridley, Judy, Cooper. Uh, hopefully this guy, Thai Jones-Bell, will be able to make that next step and continue to develop. And uh, he can play in the slot as well. And uh, and we got Treshawn Holden, who's another big receiver. He's like 6'4". So it's going to be uh, – I think it's going to be a lot – the key for our receivers is everybody continue to develop, play to their strength, be consistent, and then they do that, they'll be able to 
uh, to separate themselves and get on the field. So uh, right now, I don't know who that third guy, but um, from the looks of it, it looks like Mitchie could be that third guy from what we've seen last year. But um, since we don't have spring, it'll be interesting to see who that who becomes that third playmaker. If you're just now tuning in live to In My Own Words, the podcast, we're joined here by former Alabama wide receiver Matt Cadell, who played from 2003 to 07. Not just a wide receiver, we might as well call him analyst Matt Cadell as he's in here <laughs> breaking down the Crimson Tide. Well, Matt, you played receiver at Alabama, but you also went against some tough, hard-nosed defensive backs at corner yeah. and also at safety. So when you look at Alabama's secondary in the coming fall here, who's got to emerge? Who will your eye be on in the defensive back room? Uh, I think it just starts at the top with Patrick Sertain. Uh, I just, you know, he's such a big-time prospect coming out of high school. You know, his dad playing in the NFL. Uh, he took a big step forward his freshman year. Uh, made some plays last year, but I'm really looking for him in his third year to really take that next step and be that guy, kind of be our bell Kyle and that leader in the secondary. Um, I think he has so much potential. Uh, just as long as he continues to develop, uh, develop, push the other corners, uh, push the safeties, make sure our secondary is in the right position. I mean, he can play He can play inside. He can play star. He can play money. He can play corner. He can play safety. He can do it all. So I think key for us is to continue to develop our secondary and the more I believe guys can do multiples like a Patrick Sertain, I believe we'll get the right fit out there. I mean, you have Jordan Battle who showed uh, great potential last year. I think he's going to be kind of that next big time safety for us. Uh, so I know I like Josh Jobs. He's very physical. He showed proved a lot in the bowl game against Michigan. Uh, I really like how he played the game and finished the game with the interception. So um, I just think it's key for us to, uh, you know, look to those uh, upperclassmen to really bring those younger guys on. I think we signed a great class. I mean, we have Jockeys Robinson. We signed the JUCO DP, DB, and I'm quite sure Coach Saban and the defensive backs, Coach, uh, Coach Kelly and all those, they're going to find the right core guys uh, to be effective to put the best 11 on the field. Now, Matt, in this upcoming draft here, there's a lot of big quarterbacks, but the most intriguing one, or one of the more intriguing ones, is Jalen Hurts, who played not only at yes. Alabama, but also at Oklahoma. He set records. He did things in an, in an incredible way on the field and off the field. And you have some guys looking at him possibly, definitely, well, po- yeah, possibly not falling out of the second round. When you look at Jalen Hurts, where do you think he falls in the draft, and what would be the best fit for him in your mind? Uh, I just think the world of Jalen Hurts, a uh, guy with such great character, class, uh, done everything in a first-class manner, um, very professional. Um, I think him and Tua are just really great people on and off the field. Uh, but I think Jalen, he's at the top of my board as far as just steals of the draft. Um, I don't see him getting out of the second round. Um, uh, you look at his, uh, you know, him, he's such a winner being 26 and two at Alabama, then going to Oklahoma, um, being in the Heisman race, just showing, um, what type of person he is, what type of competitor he is. Um, I think Jalen is going to be the steal of the draft and I actually see him not going far out of the second round. I can see teams possibly, 
um, like New England Patriots, maybe in the second round. But really, I think a great fit for him would be the Pittsburgh Steelers with Mike Tomlin. You already have big Ben Roethlisberger probably on his last leg, um, maybe has a year or two. And what better way to have Jalen Hurts who can kind of learn, get acclimated, um, develop his game. The key for Jalen is to continue to develop his game as a pastor, seeing the field. Um, I believe he'll get in the right system and be successful in the NFL. Now, could there be a situation, Matt, where a team trades back into the first round and get him kind of like what happened with Lamar Jackson? The Baltimore Ravens traded back in the first round late to get Jackson with the 32nd overall pick. Could somebody trade in late in the first round for Jalen Hurts? I believe so. I mean, you look at uh, San Francisco with that 31st pick. I know they have the 13th pick, and I think they want to use that on an elite receiver, a Ruggs or a Judy or somebody like that. But I think they don't have any picks in the second, third, second, third, or fourth, and so I think they might trade out of that position. And you may look at a team like uh, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers or um, you know the L.A. Chargers or whoever that might want to jump back in the first round and take Jalen Hurts late in the first round. And I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, look at the top of the board. Jalen Hurts is one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. We're live here with my man Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver who played from 2003 to 07, if you're just tuning in to In My Own Words. And, Matt, I want to take you back to 2007. <laughs> I want to take you back okay. to 07 here where you catch this game-winning touchdown from John Parker Wilson against Arkansas. My first question is, did you know you were going to get the ball on this play? Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we actually knew. We, I mean, one thing about Coach Saban, you know, he, when, he, when he came in, he really instilled a lot of confidence in us and had a lot of structure how we were going to attack teams. And we took that week by week. And we all have always had certain plays in certain situations where we were very prepared. Uh, and so I just remember breaking the huddle. Uh, John Parker and I were kind of on a roll. And I just remember breaking the huddle. I had the option to either, you know, um, you know, to break the route off or cut it inside or stay outside. But John Parker said, you know, just keep it going. And so I stuck with it. And he, he, the offensive line did a great job protection. Uh, JP put a great ball up and I was able to, I made the catch. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we practiced that. We practiced those situations all the time. We had the confidence, and we just knew we just had to go out there and execute and get the W. Now, what was the play call on that play and the crowd's reaction, uh, you know, throughout that entire game? What was that play call? Uh, I, I think the play call, I don't want to give all the saving secrets, but it was a, <laughs> it was a certain play call. I'll put it like that because I don't want him to chew me out, you know, next time I see him. But – the play was called, and, you know, we were just very confident, knew we could get it in. And, uh, you know, once we executed the play uh, and we made the touchdown, it was just – it was actually surreal. I just remember catching the ball. Uh, we are really getting off the line, uh, beating the Arkansas receiver, a defensive back, and John Parker threw a perfect ball, laid it up for me, caught it. And after that, I just remember getting up and then immediately getting tackled by – Andre Smith, uh, Mike Johnson, and I'm on oh the Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm happy you okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember being on the bottom of the pile and everybody jumping on the pile. It was like, 
was just it was just pandemonium. It was one of the greatest moments in Brian Denny history. Uh I feel like that really just really um people kinda got a taste of what Saban's gonna bring to the program uh at that moment. He's Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, graciously joining us live here on a Wednesday on In My Own Words, breaking down the NFL draft where Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs are concerned, talking some Jalen Hurts, talking some Bama wide receivers, and DB just taking us through a whole spectrum of subjects. My man Matt, you be good. You have a great one. Appreciate you as always. All right. Thank you. You have a great one. That was Matt Cadell coming on here to chop it up with us on a Wednesday. We're going to take another break here on In My Own Words, but upon our return, we jump back into the phone lines to grab your phone calls, tweets, thoughts, text messages, and concerns after this. in the University Mall in Tuscaloosa. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to Touchdown Alabama. Alabama.com today and roll tide. Back in from the break, ladies and gentlemen, on the hottest show on the streets, best form of Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information in my own words, the podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. It was awesome getting a chance to talk with my man, Matt Cadell former Alabama wide receiver from 2003-207. But it is your time, Bama Nation, 205-448-1358. The number once again, 205-448-1358. Then let your voice be heard. You can also text with that number. Leave a voicemail with that number. If you do Twitter, you can tweet the show at In My Own Words TDA, at In My Own Words TDA. You can also tweet me directly, at Coaching M. Smith with the number 205-448-1358. We're going to actually jump back into something. Well, before we go to the comments, we have a call in the queue. You are live on In My Own Words. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, though? I'm doing all right. I heard y'all talking about um, Ben Davis, dog. I want to get your thoughts on it, dog, because, you know, it's, it's – Fourth or fifth year, right, dog? And what is he going to do this year? This is about to be his fifth year. Came in 2016. And uh, it's, it's, it's all on him, man. It's on him. It's how bad does he want it? How bad does he want it mentally? I mean, physically, he's big, he's physical, but mentally, it's how bad does Ben want it? It's how much does being of the game. We saw how his father loved the game. But just because his father loved the game, you got to want the game for yourself. So 
It's how bad does he want it? I was reading some of the comments, dog, and it just got me thinking, dog, because I remember him <clears throat> coming out of high school, and I don't know what he looked like now, like when, like y'all see him in practice or stuff like that, dog. So, I mean, like, do we got the athleticism and all that, or is it just like you said, it just ain't got the mental, you know what I'm saying? The athleticism, the athleticism is there. It's just with Ben, it's just, you know, mentally. With Ben, at practice, he'll make a good play, and then he'll make a couple of, you know, questionable moves at practice to which Coach Sanceri has to go and coach him up and try to redirect him. So just becoming more consistent mentally in you know what you're supposed to do. You've been taught what to do. Just trust the training. Go out there and execute the training. So in that case, though, like who's gonna be like the the two D inside and outside linebacker, dog? Okay, so two deep here, inside and outside. Two deep. Give me an inside. Give me Dylan Moses with Joshua McMillan slash Christian Harris. So that'd be that as far as the inside. Of course, you got. Alakaho, Jalen Moody, among other guys, but the first, the first, the first couple of main guys: Dylan Moses with Joshua McMillan slash Christian Harris outside at the strong side spot. Give me Drew Sanders slash Chris Allen at the Jack linebacker. Give me Will Anderson slash Will Anderson, and behind him, give me King Wakuda. At the weak side, I will take Christian Harris and behind him, Alakaho. Okay, okay. I mean, Shane Lee is good. Shane Lee's got potential. He's just got to get a bit faster. I can ride with that, dog. I mean, I just, I just really want to see Ben Davis get off, dog. I, agree. I, I mean, see. man, you are not the only one. There are so many people that finally want to see Ben put it completely together and do it and just have a strong, productive season. I, there are so many people that want it so badly for Davis. It's just for him, how much does he want the game for himself? That's a question he has to answer. All right, now I appreciate you answering my question, dog. Get ready for this corona and chill, dog. Hey. Hopefully this thing will die down soon, man. You be good. Be safe out there. I know. We're going to go to the comments here. As you guys have been blowing us up here in the comment section of the show. We pick things up with Waylon, who writes in, great interview. Good to hear. Great interview with Matt. It's a shame he was not on a national championship team. It, it, it does hurt Waylon not seeing Matt Cadell get a ring, but he was one that started he was one that put the building blocks together for what we have come to see now he, he put the building blocks together so definitely proud of what Cadet was able to bring to the program but we take another break here on in my own words the podcast but upon our return we get into ESPN dropped a graphic about wide receiver you and it had Alabama in a certain position We'll touch it up and I'll give my thoughts on it right after this. If 
you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies when you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection. Go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $5.95 per month or pay $49.95 for a full year subscription. That's a saving of almost $22. Make sure to subscribe before it's too late and get our new freshly printed end of the year magazine issue. Go to touchdown Alabama.com today and roll tide. And we are rocking and rolling, folks, on a Wednesday from the break on what is the hottest form of Bama football news, notes, and information in my own worst podcast with yours truly, Stephen M. Smith. And we get into, you know, Everybody, every school in college football is known for something. Every school in college football is known for something, whether it's quarterbacks, whether it's wide receivers, linebackers, defensive linemen, defensive backs, you name it. In Alabama, Crimson Tide is known for having a little bit of of everything. And uh, never put it past ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports, to spark a debatable conversation. So ESPN dropped this graphic the other day in ranking the top 10 schools of all time, which which had, which battling for the title of wide receiver U. And uh, Alabama on this list was ranked number nine. Almost have a college football playoff committee had Alabama ranked at 12 slash 13 this past season. Now, there were maybe there were one to two teams that were better than Alabama a season ago. I will admit that there were one to two teams, but twelve, uh, no. So ESPN drops their wide receiver U list here. Alabama at number nine out of ten. It had on the list. It had the teams above Alabama. We're looking at USC, uh, Ohio State. Of course, Michigan was in there, LSU was in there, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State were in there, Florida was in there, bunch of teams ahead of Alabama. The only team that was beneath Alabama happened to be the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Now, I, I basically redid the list. I redid the list. So, the only school that I feel like deserved number one, deserved to be ahead of Alabama, was USC. USC with... Juju Smith-Schuster with Dwayne Jarrett and with Mike Williams, that deserves to be number one just due to not only were these guys 1,000-yard targets, but also Mike Williams helped Carson Palmer get a Heisman Trophy in 2002, and uh, Dwayne Jarrett helped Matt Liner get a Heisman Trophy in 2004. Right behind USC, I would have Alabama. Alabama had the likes of Alabama had Jerry Judy, who was on that list. Jerry Judy, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Amari Cooper. All four of those guys had at least one 1,000-yard season, and all of those guys combined had six 
you know, 1,000-yard seasons. And they were able to get all of this done with different quarterbacks, whether they had, you know, elite traits or not, these guys were able to get that done. Number three, I had LSU. Number four, I had Notre Dame. Number five, I had Oklahoma. Six, I had Oklahoma State. Seven, I had Michigan. Eight, I had Florida State. Nine, I had Ohio State. And 10, you know, I had Florida. So just me here, when you look at this list of receivers for wide receiver U, all these schools had great receivers. All these schools had big-time guys. But for Alabama to be at number nine, not seeing that. When you had – the only school I would have above the Crimson Tide is USC. Everybody else, when you look at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, yes, they had great receivers, but both, uh, both schools were in the Big 12. Big 12, not known for defense. The only team remotely in the Big 12 with the defense is TCU, and at times they get toe up from the flow up. And then when you look at Ohio State, great group of receivers with Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn, and David Boston, but only one of those guys had a 1,000-yard season. That was David Boston. When I look at Florida State, yes, combined, Rashad, Rashad Green, Kelvin Benjamin, and Peter Warwick had four 1,000-yard you know, years combined. But once again, when you look at, of course, Alabama, we're looking at Belitnikoff Award winners, in uh, Amari Cooper and Jerry Judy. We're looking at a guy in, of course, Julio Jones, who made things happen with Greg McElroy. And we're looking at a guy like Calvin Ridley, who made things happen with the likes of Jacob Coker, 1,000-yard season, and even made some things happen with one Jalen Hurts. So despite ESPN having its list of wide receiver one being led by USC and Alabama at number nine, wasn't feeling the list, was not feeling the list whatsoever. Had some great receivers. Michigan had a great group. LSU had a great group. Of course, it took for Zach Mettenberger to get to LSU for Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry to both have 1,000-yard seasons. Michael Clayton never had a 1,000-yard season. For Florida, Percy Harvin and uh, – Percy Harvin, uh, Antonio Callaway, and Andre Caldwell were all good, but they were all kind of all-purpose guys. Run, they, they caught the football, ran the football out of the back third times, were great kick and punt returners, but just not solely, solely receivers, not, you know, 1,000-yard guys. So ESPN, wide receiver you with Alabama at number nine, kind of doing the same thing that the college football playoff committee did just this past season, put Alabama at 12 slash 13. Were there other schools that were better? One to two maybe, but not everybody better than the Crimson Tide. Just my opinion right there. My opinion for this list, I would have Alabama at two right behind USC, even though you know USC had some Heisman winning quarterbacks. Those receivers helped those quarterbacks get the Heisman, Alabama at number two on my end. But that's just my thoughts there, my opinions on the ESPN rankings there. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, you want to know the best, you want to have the best in news, notes, information, and content on your Crimson Tide. This is simple. This is easy to do. What you do, you download the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, and you can get this from your iPhone app store if you're rocking Team Apple, 
Google Play Store if you just so happen to have the Android phone. Uh, the podcast options, we got you covered here. If your audio listening pleasures just so happen to be iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio, we have you covered right here. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I will return on Friday, continuing the conversation that is Alabama football, and we will also have former Alabama wide receiver Marquise Mays in the building or you know being featured on the show so you definitely do not want to miss that Marquise Mays coming on on Friday but gonna leave you here with my final three things husbands love your wives wives value appreciate those husbands children Find ways to positively not be bored, but still get that homework done. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. Protect yourself. Protect the people around you. Until next time, folks, this is Stephen M. Smith, and this has been In My Own Words. 